Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher. Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to Inside Southwest Florida Football, the podcast that tells you everything there is to know about football in Collier and Lee counties and a couple other counties. I am one of your co-hosts, Adam Fisher of the Naples Daily News, here with my PIC, my partner in crime, Adam Regan of the Fort Myers News Press. Adam Regan, what's poppin'? Not a whole lot, man, as we go into week three. That's right. We are one-fifth of the way done for the regular season. A lot of teams haven't played two games per se, but, you know, in general, we're about two-tenths of the way there. Um, any overall impressions of week two? We'll get into a, a, a thorough review later, but anything stand out? Any one overarching thought after week two? Well, North Fort Myers, again, I've said it every single week, they're better than everybody thinks they are. Mm-hmm. Interesting game against Fort Myers. They prove themselves that they're probably the best 0-2 team in Lee County and maybe Southwest Florida. Well, it's funny you mentioned 0-2 because in Collier, last week, first of all, we only had three of our 11 teams win a football game on Friday. Now, two didn't play, but six of them lost. The Collier teams are combined 8-9 and nine right now and only two 2-0 teams. Now, if you would have asked me a few weeks ago, hey, Adam, who are the 2-0 teams going to be? I would not have said Golden Gate. I would not have said Gulf Coast. Yet here we are. Those are the only 2-0 teams in Collier County. My question for you is who would you have said, considering you've picked against Naples two times? I probably would have picked Naples if I had to pick two, just because you know there's always a chance. And they looked, we'll talk about them, but decent. I obviously would have said Immokalee. I knew Golden Gate was going to be good, but they played Immokalee week one, so I tagged them for a loss. I didn't think they'd be 2-0. Let's review week two. That is way too much rhyming. I cannot do. And there's another one. What we got? So we started week two on Thursday this week with an overtime thriller. Lehigh at Dunbar, 12 to 6. Lehigh comes out on top for the first time in five games against their rival. It was an interesting game. I have a few thoughts on Dunbar. They're 0 and 2, and that's that's kind of crazy to think, you know, because they were supposed to be, along with Fort Myers, the class of Lee County. How desperate are they going into a week three game against Riverdale, who Two and zero, and looking. I good. have I have in the power pole is number two team in Lee County. Mm. They they really they just can't sustain a drive. Yeah, what are your thoughts? I, I I watched that game. I wasn't there live like you were, but just not very impressive overall. I'd consider. I mean, their defense has been impressive, but Dunbar is offensively, o- Dunbar has always really scored off of long, big plays. Like Seneca Millage, he's the only person to score a touchdown for Dunbar this year. He scored in the Charlotte game on a punt return, and he had like a forty yarder, you know, where he squeaked by up the middle and then got loose they can't sustain a drive they fumbled early in lehigh territory deep in lehigh territory i think it was in the red zone it's just they never really got it together and i think lehigh could have beat them probably three times in that game and it ended up going to overtime dunbar gets to the two yard line on first down and can't put it in the next three times was that uh when they, when they missed one of many missed field goals point well, after the, attempts the, the kicking woes were Yes. Terrible in that game. Well, there was a big one in the third quarter where they got their field goal blocked by Bud Cheney, uh, James Cheney's son, and transfer from ECS, Corey Massey takes it to the house, and that's how they tied the game in the third quarter. And then in overtime, Lehigh 
easily gets it in. And Bud Cheney again, right? And Bud Cheney, yeah. It, it wasn't like a Golden Gate over a Mockley right. upset. There were no shock waves. But, man, I talked to James Cheney, and we'll hear from him in one of our later segments about how the Dunbar people and the Lehigh people are still chirping at each other. It was a hard-fought, close-contested game. Another one that is kind of a rivalry up here, Fort Myers 28, North Fort Myers 20. You mentioned at the top of the show, North Fort Myers a better team than people thought, better team than I thought. They, they impressed me in the preseason. I saw them at Naples, but I still didn't think they, they were going to hang this close to Fort Myers. Most people didn't think that. Most people thought that Fort Myers was going to roll them. And I was in the very, very small minority to say this is a rivalry game. North is better than everybody thinks they are, and they proved it. I think this says more about North in a loss than it does about Fort Myers in a win. North Fort Myers, they're big up front. They got Shamari Mason, who we've talked about probably the, all, in all of our podcasts about how good he is. It just it didn't work out for them. And Fort Myers, they won a game, a rivalry game, a tough one at home. They did what they're supposed to do. They're not going to blow out every single team in the county. It's not going to happen. They took care of business, and they still deserve to be the number one team in Lee County. Yeah, North was up 12 to nothing in the second quarter, and, and that's a, another team I'm going to talk about, Golden Gate, kind of the same situation. They face some adversity. You know, Fort Myers was down to a rival. They had to come back, score the next 21 points, and ended up winning. They kind of took care of business like they were supposed to. Let, let's move down to Collier and talk about that Golden Gate-Lemon Bay game. This is the game we said, you know, okay, you beat Immokalee in week one. You can't come out lax in week two. Uh, Golden Gate was down 14 to nothing. Oh, no, wait, is that right? No, they were down 16 to 14 at halftime. Scored the sev- only 17 points in the second half. Come back to win 31 to 16 against Lemon Bay. Yeah, that would have been a tragedy. If yeah. they beat Immokalee and all that upset talk and everything, and then they go up to Lemon Bay and lay an egg, that would have just been a mess. Uh, Javensley Bazile was not going to let that happen, apparently. No, 291 rushing yards. The team at 342 rushing yards averaged 11.8 yards per carry. So those explosive athletes making explosive plays at Golden Gate. They'll play Laley this week, right? They'll play Laley this week. That's another game that you're supposed to win. Kind of a rivalry game. They're close to each other, similar school. So got to be careful there. What's next on our list? Well, we talked about that sexy game, the Riverdale Palmetto Ridge game. It was not was not sexy. It was, it was a, a butt it, whooping, right? It, yeah, Riverdale just basically showed that they're a complete team in this game. They rush for you know, 340 yards. They they block a field goal, block a punt, and then their defense basically pitches a shutout. The only points given up were was a kick return. So you get the check mark in every facet of the yep. game if you're Riverdale. And to go to Palmetto Ridge playing your second game in five days and do that, whew. Quintavious Brown, 186 yards on the ground. That's after 161 in week one. So he's got to be the uh, area's leading rusher, at least in Lee County. Palmetto Ridge, we talked young. They're a young team, young quarterback who was sacked a lot. Young running backs, I don't think they ran for anything and young receivers. So I thought their defense would show up a little bit better, but as we mentioned, Riverdale, big up front, and great running backs. So they they definitely took care of business, the Raiders. Well, that does it for our first segment here on Inside Southwest Florida Football. When we come back, we're going to break down week three games. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at naplesnews.com, news-press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. 
Welcome back to Inside Southwest Florida Football. I'm Adam Regan of the News Press, and as always, joined by Adam Fisher of the Naples Daily News. And we're going to do some analysis. Some and We're going to look really deep into some of these games this week. Let's start in Lee County. Lehigh at South Fort Myers. Lehigh coming off that big emotional win over Dunbar. South Fort Myers coming off of one of, I, I wanted to look this up before I came, didn't have a chance. This has to be their worst loss since their first season in, in 07, right, or 05, whatever it was. South Fort Myers, when's the last time South Fort Myers, they lost 52-6 to to a very good Port Charlotte team. I believe it was at Port Charlotte, is that correct? It was at so Port Charlotte. Both those are tough, but you're South Fort Myers, you don't lose by 48, 44 points. Absolutely. While Port Charlotte is a very stacked team, their offensive line is huge. I feel like all those Charlotte County teams, their offensive lines are so big. But South Fort Myers has the talent, man. It's it's there. Freddie Ward is one of the best running backs in Lee County. Malik Curtis, he's a sophomore wide receiver. He's going to be a guy we talk about for a couple of years. They have the talent. I just I don't know what's going on there at South Fort Myers. Turnovers, probably. Uh, that's probably a huge well, do you remember issue they, they started very slow last year, and I thought it was just because the new coach and a lot of the rain delays. They're playing like three games in eight days, and there was that one game where they had negative yards, like the whole game. That was against Cape. Yeah, and they came back from that. They they won a district. They went to the playoffs. So it's it's definitely not over, but they got to get on the right track they, here against Lehigh. They, Last year when they started 0-2, they then won five of their last seven games mm-hmm. before the playoffs, including the the two they really needed to win against Riverdale and Gulf Coast to win a district championship. But, I mean, that team, they had Ja'Shawn Jones on that team. I mean, if you followed college football right. on Saturday. Great, great day for him. Uh, Ja'Shawn Jones, his first three touches on a college football field with the University of Maryland – he was on pace to be the greatest uh, college football (laughs) player of all time. He ran for one, caught one, and then uh, he threw one. Threw one. Former Former quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we had to get a shout-out to Ja'Shawn Jones because uh, he was – I believe he was the National Freshman of the Week. That Uh, makes sense. I I don't know who else it would have been. Yeah, Ja'Shawn Jones. I mean, no pressure the rest of your career, man, but I don't think you can get any better than that. Next, we're going to move to Collier County. Interesting one. Baron Collier, Adam Mockley. It is, and, and the question here is which Immokalee team are we going to see, which means which kid, which player are we going to see under center. R.J. Rosales, their their all-star quarterback, missed the second game in a row last week, and they looked bad for the second game in a row. But they did play a very good university school. The team ranked number one in Class 4A. They lost 42-12 to on the road. Um, as of Wednesday, Coach Rodlin Anthony says R.J. Rosales is day-to-day which is coach speak for I don't know if he's going to play or not. Said he has a few different timelines on when he's going to come back. Didn't want to say if he was going to be back or not. So we don't know. I think if he is back, you know, that's a good team playing at home. If he's not back, they haven't looked so good so far. And with Baron Collier, they really dominated Superior Collegiate out of Clearwater. Learned that last week. Yeah, a team they, I never yeah, heard of until, out of Clearwater. until they, I saw they, the schedule. Yardage-wise, they dominated them in that first half. And then did they take their – foot off the pedal or what what happened they ended up losing was it 32 to 32 31 after they were up 18 or 13 points 31 to 18 and we saw the the same similar situation in week one for the cougars they were up a few scores uh their, their week one opponent closed to to within a touchdown but baron collier's got a lot of new kids especially their quarterback they got a new guy in jason grimes who has done well but anytime you got new kids in they got to kind of learn how to close out those games a lot of kids new to varsity you know that fourth quarter gets gets pretty tough gets worn down a bit so Again, hard to tell what we're going to see from either team right now. 
And then we'll go back up to Lee County for a rivalry game. Cypress Lake at Fort Myers, one of the oldest rivalries in the county. I think it's a bigger rivalry game for Cypress Lake, though, than it is for Fort Myers because Fort Myers has dominated them. The series started in 1967. Mm. I believe that Fort Myers is either 45 or 44 Four and one wow. against Cypress Lake. When was the last time that uh, Cypress Lake won? I, it was either 2007 or 2008, something something like that. But Cypress Lake, they're 2-0 and oh yes. under Coach Richie Road. He's got them going. With all the talk about transfers all over the state, kids going to good programs, Richie Road is in his fourth season at Cypress Lake, and he has managed to keep all his players yeah. at Cypress Lake, and they've got some good ones. Kelsey Demps yes. is a slot receiver. You know, he's very fast, and he's a big playmaker. He had two or three touchdowns last week against Eastley, and then you've got Chris Joseph, who's a pretty good safety, who's got Division One offers. I think this could be an interesting one if Cypress Lake comes correct. And I covered Eastley Cypress Lake. And they came correct. First three drives, touchdowns, but then they took their foot off the gas. Well, you wonder, like like you said, they're up twenty-one to nothing against a team that you know they probably should have beaten. Um, so did they take it a little easy, rest some kids? I don't know. But Cypress Lake has outscored its two opponents, eighty-one to fourteen. Now those opponents are Island Coast and East Lee, so not the best teams uh, in Southwest Florida. But that's something for a Cypress Lake team that's trying to learn how to score and learn how to win. I mean, that, that's a good uh, momentum getter. When I, when I look at a team going into the next week, I look at what I, the last thing I saw from that team. Mm-hmm. And that was two and a half quarters of sloppy football mm. from Cypress, Cypress Lake. And when you're playing Fort Myers, a team that will jump on you and they could be up 21 nothing before you know it, that could cause problems. I think this game is not going to be close. Really? As, as per usual. Okay. I think it will be close early, but not as close late. Down to Collier County, Golden Gate at Laley. We talked a little bit about this. Yeah, Golden Gate, a team that's 2-0. and This is the first time they've been 2-0 and since 2011. I don't think they've ever had a 3-0 and start to a year. I'm going to double-check that. At Laley, a team 0-1. They didn't play last week. Got a great running back in Henderson Francois. Returning quarterback who's still a little young, Jonas Dudon. It's a game that I think we both like the Titans. They should be favored, but, you know, you got to watch out. Laley is a kind of a rivalry game. Those two schools are close there in East Naples, similar kind of kids, similar backgrounds, and they all know each other, so it should be a good game. Do you think that Laley is the team in Collier County that could sneak up on one of the bigger teams and could end up winning a game, just mess around and, you know, Cause a little drama. It's hard to tell because we haven't seen a lot from Laley yet. Um, that first week they lost 33-13 to 13 to Gulf Coast, but that was that game that lasted more than 24 hours because it was started, then stopped, and started, right, then right. stopped, continued on a Saturday. So let me see them play a full 48 minutes uh, against this Golden Gate team, and then I'll tell you. We'll go back up to Lee County for an interesting game between a 2-0 and team and a surprising 0-2 team, Dunbar at Riverdale. We talked a little bit about Dunbar and how that went against Lehigh last week. I'm not going to go out and go crazy and say that Dunbar's back is up against the wall. You know, the playoff system, yeah, you got to win games and everything. I mean, I, they could easily right the ship, but I would be very interested to see if they play like their backs are up against the wall. You know, a desperate team right. is, is very, very tough to beat, and Riverdale – Obviously, they've been dominant so yeah. far this season. Could Dunbar go in there and get a win at Riverdale, which is a very tough place to play? Well, Dunbar's got studs on defense. They played pretty hard against Lehigh last week, but running, Riverdale is running the ball really hard. That's going to be a great matchup uh, up front there, and I think it's going to be low scoring. 
I agree. I agree. Last game down in Collier County, Monsignor Pace at Gulf Coast. Tom Scalise, 2-0. Well, let's give credit to Tom Scalise. As I said, one of only two 2-0 teams in Collier County. He's never lost a game that he's been the head coach of. Um, but this is where it starts getting a little rough for the Sharks. You know, Monsignor Pace, smaller, 4A program. It's a program that's been traditionally good. They've had um, some NFL players come out of there. They actually beat Naples in the playoffs in 2008, the year after they won the state championship. Yes, that was 10 years ago. But just to tell you, they can win some games. They went to the playoffs last year. Six of Gulf Coast's next seven opponents went to the playoffs last year. And then their next one after that, they end the season with Golden Gate. So they've got a tough road ahead. It's going to be tough for these Sharks to continue this level of success. But let's give them credit for being 2-0 and as we stand right now. As I said to you earlier today, Gulf Coast wasn't a team that we were really looking at. No. So whether they beat some weaker teams or not, they're still 2-0. and They're, you know, relevant. Mm-hmm. I think that that could be an interesting game against Monsignor Pace. If they take an L in that game, I think they can bounce back from that. Let's give ourselves a little plug here. Go to NaplesNews.com slash PrepZone to check out a story we did about the connection between uh, quarterback Justin Mattia, who's thrown six touchdown passes through two games, five of them to the big tight end Luke Baker. Justin Matia, that, that's a kid that I was intrigued by after I saw that he, he threw for 225 yards and four mm-hmm. touchdowns in their week one game. I, I was like, wow, I've never heard of this kid. I mean, he could be a player. I mean, he could be one of the better quarterbacks in Southwest Florida. He's still a junior, first time on varsity, but he's, he's stepped in running. You know, Golf Coast threw it around a bit the past few years with Caden Frost, and looks like they're, they're still tossing that ball. Big shoes to fill, Caden Frost shoes they are. Well, that's going to do it for our segment. When we come back, I will talk to Lehigh head coach James Cheney. Have your say on which high school football matchup should be the game of the week. The News Press and Naples Daily News staffs will select three games in each county and your votes on news-press.com, naplesdailynews.com, or the mobile apps will determine which is the game of the week. Welcome back to Inside Southwest Florida Football. I'm Adam Regan of the News Press, and I got a chance earlier this week to talk to James Cheney, the Lehigh head coach, coming off their big overtime win against Dunbar. In my opinion, this was a game that Lehigh really, really needed. They've been searching for a win like this early in the season during James Cheney's four years on the job, and they haven't gotten it. Well, they have it now. Let's see what James had to say about that win and about recruiting in Southwest Florida, as well as their game Friday against rival South Fort Myers. This is Adam Regan with the Inside Southwest Florida podcast. I'm here with Lehigh head coach James Cheney coming off a big win last week. Tell me, James, it seems like this Lehigh team has been waiting for one of these early season wins to kind of flip the switch since you got here. What, what is the feeling with the team after that win and the feeling with the coaching staff and in the community? Everybody was excited about the win. You know, I've been a part of some big wins in the past, but what you got to do is you got to get over them quick. You got to enjoy it that night, and then when you wake up Saturday morning or Friday morning, you know, like we did, you got to be ready to move on. You know, we're playing a very capable South team with a lot of athletes, a lot of great tradition. So we're happy about the win. We're happy for the community. We're happy for the kids and the school and the Friday morning we were out here working and Saturday morning we were working so you, you got to move on. And James, you always talk about the process. I know that's popular among all coaches all over the country. 
What is your process? What is this coaching staff's process? We've had, you know, some coaches come and some coaches go, but this is the first time we've had our whole staff two years in a row. And um, this summer, we just dedicated ourselves to basically putting ourselves in a position through work to get what we deserve. You know, you create your own luck and your own blessings through hard, hard work. And that's what we did this summer, man. We just we just got out here and we ran and we did 707. We lifted and we really called some people out. We made our seniors. We encouraged them to be leaders. We're leaning on that to kind of, to kind of put ourselves in a position to be blessed. James, you're big on social media with promoting your kids in terms of trying to get them to the next level. What are college recruiters missing in Southwest Florida? If you watched any football on Saturday, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so clear cut and I'm so glad it happened. I'm, I'm so happy for all those guys. And it was even, you know, guys in D2, D3, NAIA, NAIA playing big and, and, and Mac playing big. You know, I saw Rocky Jock Louise out there playing. But, you know, there are so many kids here other than Power FBS kids. Seems like in this area we only will get a few kids that have Power FBS offers and then nothing else until the recruiting fair. You got a team like East Carolina, you know, losing to North Carolina A&T. You know, I'm not trying to dig at them, but man, come around here and get some of this talent, man. You know, you instead of having a 6'5", you know, defensive tackle, you may have a kid 6'2", who can, who can help your ball club who's from a tough program. Now let's get into South Fort Myers. What do you need to do to be successful, to not have a letdown after last week? What needs to happen with this team in practice this week going into South? The first thing I put on huddle this morning for our team, I did a definition of a trap game. And basically a trap game is, is you know, after a big win, you're still living off that big win and you still you take, may take the team that you placed uh, Friday for granted. You know what I'm saying? So I, I walk around campus all day saying don't fall into the trap. You know, that, come, that goes for what you do at home, what you do in the classroom, what you do in the hallways, how you practice, how you prepare, how you're hydrating yourself. We, you know, we don't want to fall, you know, in the trap. And, and South Fort Myers is very capable. That's a team that can beat you on any given Friday. And we appreciate Lehigh head coach James Chaney joining us this week for our coaches segment. And don't forget to go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com on Friday night after the games. We'll have the scores. We'll have the analysis. We'll have the video highlights all in one spot. After the games each week, go to NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. It is our favorite part of the show. It's question time. We take questions from you, the fans, the listeners, just random people on the street. Anyone that can tag us on Twitter can ask us a question. We're going to answer a few. As a reminder, if you do have a question about anything football-related in Southwest Florida, hit me up at NDN underscore Adam. Mr. Regan, what's your Twitter handle? It's uh, at NP underscore Adam Regan. All right, and our first question comes from Alex Martin on Twitter. He asks, what does Dunbar need to do to get back on track? Well, one word answer, win. Well, Alex Martin is actually an Estero grad. He goes to FGCU, and uh, he's a, a friend that I see at all the games. Interesting question. Dunbar is going to have to sustain some long drives. I was just about to say offense. Get you that offense going. You can't live off of those big plays. The they're great and everything. They change the momentum of a game, but you gotta keep your defense on the sidelines and give them a breather. They've got a great defense, and they've showed it 
in last week's game against Lehigh, they could have easily won that game because of the defense. Let's start sustaining some drives, and Dunbar will get back on track. And, man, if they get back on track against Riverdale, that would be interesting. Well, let's not panic, too. Even if they do lose to Riverdale, you know, the, the door is not shut for them to get to the playoffs. They could still win that district. We've seen Immokalee's down a bit. and um, well, You've you know, got 2-0 the- Mariner. In that district, Cypress Lake, two and zero Cypress Lake. It's gonna be a good district, man. Lately's in that district. It. We we talked about hey, they can yeah. you know come up and win a game maybe. It that's I feel like it's really up for grab depending on R.J. Rosales's uh, status. That's right, and we'll know more about that next week. So our next question comes from Coach G on Twitter. That's at Coach G fifty eight, and Coach G is an assistant coach at St. John Newman. I've known him for a while, and I'm not gonna try to pronounce his name because it's long. That's why he goes by Coach G. He asks us, who needs to win the Golden Gate Laley game more? Very good question because it's not necessarily a must win for anyone. But as I mentioned earlier, if Golden Gate fancies itself a true playoff contender, you got to win this game. You got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, even though it's going to be a close one. Laley, I think, you know, no team's going to say we don't really, you know, have playoff chances this year. No, no team would admit that, but I don't think Laley was ever anticipated to be a playoff team, so I don't know if it's necessarily a must win for them. We covered last week whether Golden Gate could actually, you know, win, rise up and win their district, which means beating Naples, who they've never beaten before. Well, if that's going to happen, you're gonna have to beat Laley. Yeah, I mean, Laley, they're rebu- they're in still in, still rebuilding. You're gonna have to beat them. If you have any kind of thought of beating Naples, you're gonna ha- you're gonna have to beat Laley. This is gonna have to be a game they win. So the answer is Golden Gate from both of us. Our last question from our old buddy God will guide me on Twitter. He says, "Are we starting to see the end of the Naples Immokalee domination in Collier County?" Interesting question. I know off the cuff, you want to say. Overreaction. Yes. Let me. Let's wait a little bit. You know. Let's pump the brakes a little bit and see and see what happens this season. And then maybe we can start about the start talking about the demise of, of Naples and Immokalee as the dominant teams. For now, that it, it it hasn't even begun. I want to be careful what I say here because I don't want to imply that you know Naples is still not the most dominant team in Collier County and Immokalee isn't yeah, right please, up there with please them. Don't, yeah, please don't. However, do that. I think the field is getting closer. We saw it last year, man. Golden Gate and Palmetto Ridge came as close as they's, they've ever come to Naples. Golden Gate's better this year. Baron Collier should have beaten Naples. They needed a last-second field goal and a crazy drive, and Barron hasn't beaten Naples since I was in high school 20 years ago. So I think teams are getting closer. I think a lot of that's a factor of just more schools. The talent's more spread out. You're not seeing the, the D1 FBS Power 5 you know studs at Naples as much anymore. you got guys like Ches Malusi, Sammy Faustin. They used to have – Regan's looking at me now, shaking his head like I'm an idiot. Their 2001 championship team, like the entire defense, went Division One. You don't see that anymore. I'm oh. saying the talent is more spread out in Collier County. Oh, they've only, they've only got five D1 guys this year. As they don't have five D1 guys on defense. You I'm know, saying. you know what I mean. Come on. Um, what I'm saying is the talent is more spread out, and I think the other teams are catching up. Fair. Fair, I guess. I, I defer to the expert on Collier County in this, but come on, man. <laughs> All right, that's it. Once again, you guys want to give us questions, we love to answer them. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. On Twitter, I'm at NDN underscore Adam. And I'm NP underscore Adam Regan. And we will be right back with some week three predictions. For the most in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to naplesnews.com and news-press.com. 
Follow us on Instagram at News Press Sports and NDN Prep Zone. On Twitter, NPHS Sports and NDN underscore Prep Zone, or download our apps. Welcome back to Inside Southwest Florida Football. I'm Adam Regan of the News Press. And I'm joined by Adam Fisher of the Naples Daily News. And we're going to make some predictions, man. You you got back on track 8-2 and two last yeah, week? Yeah, flipped it after going 3-7 and seven and the two. first week. I went 6-4, and four, and now we're both 11-9, and nine, neck and neck. The cream has not rose to the top just yet. but Hey, it's a long season. We've got at least, at least 10 more weeks. So let's start them off. We'll, we'll go into Lee County. Lehigh at South Fort Myers. Who you got? Man, I you know I don't want to be a, a victim of the moment and just go off what I've seen. But you said earlier in the podcast, you know I I I trust what I just saw most recently from these teams, and most recently I saw South Fort Myers lose fifty-two to six. I got to take Lehigh. Is this a game where Lehigh is still living off that Dunbar mm-hmm. game? They can't do that, and these teams don't like each other. Let hmm. me tell you, the game got canceled last year by Irma and didn't get rescheduled. And then we talked about how Lehigh didn't make the playoffs with the new playoff system. Well, who are they blaming for that? South Fort Myers. They would have liked to have beaten South Fort Myers, and maybe they would have gotten in the playoffs. I'll go with Lehigh. Next game we're going to talk about, Cypress Lake at Fort Myers. Rivalry game. Who you got? I do like Cypress Lake this year. I like what they're doing. I think they're going to be a good team and compete well in their district. But Fort Myers is still Fort Myers, best team in Lee County. They're not going to lose at home to a team that they've only lost to four times ever. If Cypress Lake takes Fort Myers to the fourth quarter and the game is still hanging in the balance, that's a win for Cypress Lake. That being said, I got Fort Myers by three touchdowns. Mm. Next game. Dunbar at Riverdale. i tell you what, man. I think Dunbar's a lot better than they've shown. But at the same time, like, Riverdale has really impressed me so far. And we've talked about them enough on this podcast. You guys know both our feelings. I'm taking the Raiders. I agree, but minus the Chris Berman. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know he's a Naples resident and everything. No, no, my friend. He's a Lee County resident. He lives on Sanibel. Oh, is that that's right? That's right, yeah. Must be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> if you want to join us on the podcast, Chris, we'd love Come to on have in, Chris. we'd love to have the Swami do some picks. So if you're listening, give us a shout out on Twitter. I will take in this game Riverdale at home. They've shown nothing but being a complete team this season, so I'm gonna take them. Next game, Palmetto Ridge coming off a loss to Riverdale at home at North Fort Myers, who I have as the best 0-2 team in Southwest Florida. Yeah, I think you're right on that. They've looked good. I like Shamari Mason. They gave Naples a test in the preseason, Fort Myers a test last week. I'll take uh, North Fort Myers. I will take North Fort Myers as well, especially considering Palmetto Ridge burned me last week at home against Riverdale. Next game, uh, small schools. Mm -hmm. 2-0 Oasis, second year back to 11-man football against an 0-2 ECS team who is better than their 0-2 record. Man, I, I have a feeling you and I are just kind of picked the same game, so I'm, I'm really start thinking of just mixing it up just so uh, we can have some, some difference of opinions here. Um, Did I, I tip my hand on, on who I'm picking? No, with the, with but the I, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to take Oasis. I think Oasis is the best team in this area that has only played 11-man football for two years. So I'm going to go with them. I'm not going to argue with you there, but I am going to argue with your pick. I've got Logan Perlman, 
three-year starter at quarterback. LP. Yes, uh, I've got them winning this one. Maybe a close one. Next, Ida Baker, Adestero. Ida Baker, 1-1. One one. Estero, 0-2. Oh you know, Estero's at home. I think they have the ability to do some things. In reality, I would pick Baker, but again, I'm trying to be different and argumentative. So I'm going to go with Estero at home. That home field advantage, you don't come into Wildcat Stadium. And, and take a it's take not a Wildcat w. Stadium anymore, man. Oh, it's Jeff it's Summer. It's Jeff Summer Memorial Stadium, man. That's, so I'll take I'll take them at home. I'm gonna go with Ida Baker. They did lose to Northport last week, fourteen to seven, but they held Northport to sixty six yards. And Estero has not been scoring since that shootout against FBA yeah. in the preseason. So I'm gonna go with Todd Nichols and the Bulldogs. Next game in Collier County, Baron Collier one and one. And Immokalee, 0 and 2. Yeah, yeah. And again, a lot of unknowns right now with with the uh, quarterback situation for the Indians. But Immokalee, they're not going to drop to 0 and 3 at home. I like Baron Carter this year. I think they're better than I expected. But I'm taking the Indians. And I really, I really, really want to take Immokalee at home because I because I, I agree with you. No, you don't go in there and beat Immokalee, so I'm going to do it. Immokalee. Okay. <laughs> Golden Gate at Laley. Are you going to pick an upset? No, I am not. I like Golden Gate. I like Juvinsley Bazil, and I'll take the Titans. So over under 250 yards for Juvinsley Bazil. Oh, boy. I guess I'll take the under just because that's hard to do two, two weeks in a row. Law of averages. What about total yards? Oh, for him? I'll take the over on that because we'll get those okay. receiving yards. Right. I'm going to go with Golden Gate, too. Monsignor Pace at Gulf Coast. Again, Gulf Coast, a team that uh, we've talked about, but Pace, as I mentioned, a playoff team from last year. I'll take Pace. Gulf Coast comes down to earth a little bit. I will take Monsignor Pace as well. And the next one is the kind of like the free square on uh, a bingo chart. SFCA, who hasn't scored a point even in the preseason yet this season, Against community school. Well, community school lost their first game last week, 41 to 10 at home against uh, Glades Day. Glades Day, very good. But community school did the, move the ball pretty well, just couldn't get in the end zone. But once. Turn down the free square, man. No, I'm, ta- I'm, taking, I'm taking CSN. I will take CSN as well. Well, that'll do it for our picks, and that'll do it for the fourth episode of Inside Southwest Florida Football. Adam Fisher of the Naples Daily News, I appreciate you doing this show with me. Uh, and we got to give a shout out. To our producer, Andrea Melendez. She does a great job making, at least she makes you sound good. And that's tough to do. She's working on you. She'll get there eventually, but it's it's tough. She needs a lot of help to make me sound good. (laughs) So don't forget to go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com for Friday Night Football scores, analysis, video highlights. And we'll join you next week for another edition of Inside Southwest Florida Football. We'll see you. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Thursday at noon to get you ready for the coming week's games.